Today we have a very special Christmas episode of the Music Secrets Exposed podcast and Olu is here. I interviewed Olu a few weeks back, maybe it's a couple of months now, actually time is flying so fast. But um, it's great to have you back Olu and we're going to talk about five special Christmas carols because at this time of the year festive music brings so much joy and a lot of people don't know Christmas carols these days because society has changed, all of that has happened and there's been somewhat of a fallout from the understanding of what Christmas carols are and yet we hear them everywhere at Christmas. Welcome back to the podcast Olu. Thank you, Sylvia. It's always great to be in the room with you and thank you for the opportunity to be with you at this special Christmas edition. Now, the, we have five carols that we're going to talk about and they are really beautiful carols. They just lift your spirit when you hear them. And the first one we're going to talk about today is Joy to the World. you know about this carol because there's a backstory to everything when it comes to this kind of music yeah thank thank you for um that particular um carol which which to me is um it's based on you know um a christmas carol it's an english first and foremost it's an english christmas carol that was written way back in 1719 Okay, and when we look at it, we see that it talks about, first and foremost, it talks about the birth of Jesus Christ, his return, heaven and earth rejoicing in his coming. Now, one of the things that um, strikes me about this particular joy to the world is the fact that, you know, it dates back 1719 and 
in your intro, you, you talked about, you know, we sing these carols now, we don't even know how they originated and, um, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, have an understanding of how these songs uh, or how these carols were written. So I would say that, um, are, are you, are you uh, aware of who the author is? Well, I see Isaac Watts. I actually have, mm -hmm. would you believe it? In my hand as I'm speaking to you now, I have this mm -hmm. big hymn book. It's a big uh, <laughs> navy blue hymn book, which yes. in my own childhood, I played in church. Wow. Um, on the piano um, in church. Mm -hmm. And I, for my life, I've been familiar with hymns and Christmas mm -hmm. carols and so forth. So mm -hmm. I was just looking today, just I wouldn't have remembered without looking into the hymn book that firstly, it's written by Isaac Watts. And yeah. he, just to give a frame of reference here, he was born mm -hmm. in 1674, died in 1748. But he's yes. a big name when it comes to hymns. Exactly. Big name. So he, he was actually a church minister. He was a poet. He was a hymn writer. He wrote 750 hymns. Wow, I didn't know that. 750? Yeah. 750. Wow. He could speak Latin, Greek, Hebrew. So when, when people ask you, how, why do you do so many things? I wonder, the, the, the men of old that in the 17th, 19th, when he wrote, they were, he was a church minister. He was a poet. He was an author. He was a hymn writer. He wrote 750 hymns. He could speak three different languages. My goodness. And, yes. And this, this particular carol is you know, accredited to him. He wrote Joy to the World. And this particular carol was taken, I, I want to talk about the scriptures that, that, that kind of ties this carol. He took it from Luke chapter two, um, verse 10, the stanza one, um, Psalm 98, Psalm 96, verses 11 and 12 for stanza two, Genesis 3, 17 to 18 for stanza three, and Psalms 40, one to three for stanza four. So we see these clergy, this hymnists they had an understanding a deep knowledge a deep connection. understanding yeah. connection with the scriptures for them to birth these hymns they were living we, they were so they, in, in i suppose what would you call it imbued with it, yes with yeah biblical words and phrases and verses and chapters it was just oozing out of them every day of the week yeah um very interestingly though the music is um they say here in my hymn book that it's probably coming from Handel the music so the melody mm. is the most beautiful uplifting melody it starts mm -hmm. high and it goes down um it's the most beautiful hymn that lifts the spirit and I think it's one yeah. of those Christmas carols that is so inspired yeah it just brings the message of what it's all about in one hymn or one yeah. carol yeah, the carol, like I mentioned earlier, it's about the birth of Jesus. It's in three, it's a three-category approach. The, the birth of Jesus Christ, his return, heaven and earth rejoicing at his coming. So these were songs, these were hymns that were not just written, you know, on a on a whims and you know, maybe flimsily. They they actually 
communicated, they communed with, with the scriptures to, to birth these, these uh, for instance, say, uh, joy to the wall, the Lord is come. Let us receive a king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. It's the most beautiful melody. Yeah. Beautiful melody. Now, the next carol that we're going to speak about is entitled Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go tell it on the mountain. just want to say you know i love the i love the choruses go tell it on the mountains over the hills and everywhere go tell it on the mountains that jesus christ is born now this particular carol was written by john wesley work the second um, he was an African-American educationist. He also was a songwriter, the son of a music director. His father was a music director of a choir. 
born to John Wesley Ward the first. Okay, he was born in Nashville, Tennessee, and he had this habit of collecting folk songs, spiritual songs, and he also kind of went the direction his father went by being a director, a choral director of a church choir. So he, he was an educationist. And we see that this song was also taken from the scriptures. It's, it's, it's a blend of the scriptures in Isaiah 49, Isaiah 52, 7, Luke 2, 10. So these Particular, this particular um, carol to me is so beautiful. It says, "Go tell it on the mountain." When we, when we, when we look at, when we peel into the scriptures, it says, "Go tell it on the mountains, over the hills, and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ is born." Now, this is. This was when, um, you know, the shepherds, the, the wise men uh, the saw the star and they said they were going to go tell everyone, you know, they've seen the star. They went to where Jesus was born in Bethlehem and, and going back to tell everyone that they have seen the Messiah. They have seen Christ. Okay. And, and that's how that song was birthed um, by, 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 by um, John Wesley Ward II. But I think it's it's very tightly connected to the American um, black community. And I'm not oh, saying yes. it's very tightly connected because if you go back into history and you look even at the civil rights movement that happened in those days, very often mm -hmm. that song will pop up in yes. a church, which is it's beautiful. And when that community sings that particular hymn, no mm. one else can do it in the same way. It <laughs> is utterly beautiful, utterly beautiful. Yeah you're you're right you're right because john 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 began to collect songs during that time you know they had um the 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 the, the time of slavery the the songs that were written um their go-to at that time were the scriptures the bible yeah. so it held he them together it, it yeah, held communities yeah. together yeah, it held them together and it, it, it fortified them. It it held them together during during the struggle, the 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 challenging times. And he put up. He 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 actually collected these songs. This songs that were sung by his you know, by his ancestors, by you know, generations, and he put them, publishing them, you know, into a book where his first publication of Go Tell It on the Mountain came came into being. Yes, beautiful, beautiful. Now the next carol we're going to talk about is While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks by Night.
remember this as a child growing up. It was probably one of the earliest Christmas carols that you remember for two things. One, singing it in church for sure on Christmas Eve with candles lighting in the dark of, you know, midwinter. And the second is actually people making fun of it. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're the two memories I have of this one because, you know, some people have taken the melody line and put funny um, comedy related lines to it. But anyway, taking that aside, I see here in my navy blue hymn book that um, Nahum Tate Tate, yeah. 1652 to 1715 uh, created or wrote this carol. Um, mm -hmm. What do you know about it? Yes, um, I love this particular carol as well because it also takes from the scriptures from Luke chapter 2, 8 to 14, Isaiah 57, 18 to 19. And the funny thing is he, he was an Irishman born in Dublin, okay? And um, his name you would know is from the prophet Nahum in the Bible, okay? So um, he was a poet, like you rightly said. These, these men you know, live through spoken word poetry. He was a poet, he was a hymnist, he was a lyricist, he was also the son of a clergy. We see a pattern in this carols. John Wesley's father was a choir director. So he, he kind of followed in his father's footsteps. The same with Nahum, his father was also a clergy named Faithful Tit, and to get, you know, to, for him, uh, moving into his father's, uh, you know, following his father's footsteps, it's a no-brainer, uh, because at that time, you know, their the, 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 the parents or their fathers inspired, or they were the role models for, for, for these young men, and who later became, you know, um, clergy themselves he he actually died in london i think he died in southwark you know he didn't die in in ireland yeah but he died in in southwark yeah okay and it's really interesting to bring up this point that a lot of these hymn writers were poets in other words poetry yeah. was a very important skill to know about to, in order to write hymns because what you find with hymns is the meter the rhythm is is so balanced you know, the, the, the stanzas are so balanced in how they're formed and there's a lot of rhythm and rhyme to the hymns. In your opinion, what's the biggest message of this carol? Because um, it's it's had a rough time over the years, been turned into a bit of a comedy skit, which is sad. But um, what is the biggest message in this one? The biggest message for me is the fact that these hymnists, these poets had a relationship with God. They had a communion with God. They had an understanding of the scriptures. For you to, to, to stitch what was in Isaiah 2, uh, Isaiah 57, 18 to 19, and stitch that to Luke 2, 8 to 14. They were men that lived the scriptures. They understood not only the, 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 the word is the logos, but they also understood the rima of the word. And that birthed these carols. That's the number one um, thing. Number two that jumps to me 
um, about this carols were is is the fact that they they wrote this carols not during their most comfortable the most comfortable period of their lives or what was going on in their lives. Some of them wrote this when there were a, a series of struggle or there were uh, revolution, um, wars and, and stuff like that. So, but it was what balanced them. They, they went into themselves to birth these carols, these hymns. So for me, I see them channeling their dark moments or their struggles through um, you know, a constructive and creative spiritual, um, you know, in a spiritual direction that birthed these carols that we now sing. And it's so unfortunate, like you said, that we take these carols, we just, we, 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 we joke about it we, because we, we, we didn't go through the struggles. We yes, but I also think that, um, now some people might disagree with me here, but you know, you could walk into a shopping mall and the carols are played in the loudspeakers. Now, some people might say, okay, that's good. It's bringing awareness to these hymns. But somehow I think there's an irreverence attached to that when you place them in a shopping mall. That they're meant for the church environment where there's reverence and understanding. And th there's two ways of looking at that argument. I get that. But to me that, you know, I had the experience years ago of singing these carols in a full church in candlelight. It is so magical. And even if you weren't part of that church community and you believe something different, to be in the environment of where the music is sung with the people singing in unison, backed by a fantastic organist, it's the most unique experience that if you ever come to Europe and you have that experience, I would or have the opportunity to have that experience, do it. Because music has such um, an emotional attachment to it that it will change you, it will affect you, and you'll have that memory for your life. But what I'm seeing here is that these carols and any form of hymn creation, for the most part, comes from two parts of a human being. One is when they're going through the struggle of life and the challenge of life, but secondly, also when they're so joyful and expressing their adoration. Now, the next carol is O come, all ye faithful.
again, I'm looking at it here, my navy blue hymn book. And um, I can see it saying here it was put together in the 18th century. So you're thinking of like the 1700s, which is quite a time back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By Frederick Oakley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does this carol mean for you? Oh, come all ye faithful. I look at it as uh, it's a Latin hymn in, in you know, um, did you say Frederick Oakley? That's what it's telling me here in the hymn book. Mm. Uh, to me, I I thought it was John Francis Wade. Um, it, could be. it could be. It could be because there's an uncertainty about the original authorship of, of this particular carol. Okay, so okay. we're gonna go with we're gonna go with your Oakley, and I'm gonna go with my Francis, uh, John Francis Wade. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's history for you, 1700s. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it's also tied to uh, the one one to two, Luke two fifteen to eighteen, and John one one to fourteen, and um, John my John Francis Wade was an English hymnist. He was a music teacher and he was a Roman Catholic. And when you look at that particular carol, I think this is one of my, I think it's the best of all the carols for me because it takes me to another dimension, you know, uh, when I sing it and I, and with your permission, I, I just want to, I just want to go into it just for a moment. You don't have to ask my permission, Olu. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and here it goes. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. I can see it's special for you. It is special because I love the the chorus. It it draws you to the presence. It says, oh, come, let us adore him. I, I actually changed the lyrics to, to suit me, to say not asking people to come and adore him. I say, I come and I adore you. I come and I adore you. I come and I adore you. Christ the Lord. Beautiful. 
beautiful. So that just shows you the meaning it can have mm -hmm. for different people. Yes it's, yes, it's it's special to people in their own unique individual way. Definitely, definitely. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Now, the next card we're going to look at is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. again my navy blue hymn book it says 18th century latin traditional john mason neil 1818 to 66 but there's mm -hmm. others as well so there's a bit of uncertainty i'd say historically speaking yes. about who put it together and mm -hmm. all of that so what do you know about it yes it's also a latin hymn of the 12th century and the scriptures all the scriptures are from either luke or isaiah talking about the birth of Jesus Christ, Isaiah prophesying about the, the coming of the Messiah. 
This was this is in the Old Testament. Isaiah prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, and we see in Luke um, the manifestation of the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. You know, so these carols have uh, an intersection of of the Old and the New Testament coming into a, a collision. So we're seeing also in O Come, O Come Emmanuel, Luke chapter, Luke chapter one, verses 32 to 33, uh, verses 76 to 78, Isaiah seven and 14. And each of these stanzas in O Come, O Come Emmanuel concentrates on, on a different biblical name for Christ. Uh, this one says, Jesus is Emmanuel, God is with us, the second says wisdom from on high, the desire of nations, the day spring. So we see we see the names of Jesus Christ, the biblical name for Jesus Christ in this particular carol. And with each carol, there's something different. There's something new. The one we the one I sang to was is a call to a call to a deep fellowship, a deep um, fellowship in the presence of God. This one is an exaltation of his name. Jesus is Emmanuel, God, God with us. He's the wisdom from on high. He's the desire of nations, he's a day spring. So we see in stanza, we see stanza one and stanza four is accredited to John Mason Neal translating and he lived between 1818 and 1866. He was an English hymnist and clergy. Now, um, history tells us also that stanza two and three uh, were translated by Henry S. Coffin, who was an American clergy. He was born in Connecticut, in Lakeville, Connecticut. So we see a blend of how God moved through this clergyman. They were, they were clergy, they were uh, poets, they were hymnists. So, so for, for, um, oh, <clears throat> I love O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, the mourns in lonely exile, yeah, until the Son of God appears. Then you go the trumpet, da, 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 da. rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O ye. I actually don't know that hymn very well, but there's something really interesting here that I'm just looking at here in the fifth stanza, and I'll just read it out for our listeners. It says, Oh, come, thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. I think that's a special line and death's dark shadows put to flight considering the days that we're in. Yeah. With COVID yeah. and all the challenges. I think, yeah. wow, that's that's a line. Mm -hmm. That's a special line. It, yeah, it mentions here, he's the Tao Day Spring. Like I said, each stanza talks about a different biblical name. He's the Day Spring, you know. Yeah. So we need this kind of carol in this dark times that we're in. Yes, I agree. I agree mm -hmm. completely. 
Well, Olu, it's been wonderful to have you on. And um, I just want to wish our listeners a very happy Christmas. It's a very special time of year. And um, to have a great time with family and just spend time with your loved ones in a very beautiful way. So thank you, Olu, and happy Christmas to everybody. I wish you a happy Christmas too. Links to all the music featured in this episode are in the podcast description below.